the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, the case before the Supreme Court about the legality, constitutionality of Joe Biden's student loan bailout uh, will kind of, sort of, play out today before our own Ohio Supreme Court. Not on student loans, but on whether you were taxed in an inappropriate way during COVID. You remember COVID, right? Couldn't go to work, but you still got taxed if you worked in Columbus, but you couldn't come to Columbus and you couldn't work. Uh, you still got taxed. Didn't we fight a war over that a long time ago? Taxation without representation? I thought we did. Uh, That is what they will be hearing arguments for today in the Ohio Supreme Court. However, the two cases are different. The two cases are different, and we will flesh out the differences for you as we progress today here on a Wednesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along on 94.5 in Dayton and 98.9 in Columbus. And we now have clarity on what exactly happened in Morrow County on Sunday. And this is, I'm glad now, in retrospect, that I didn't say that day what we thought had happened. Well, there may be more to the story, but this is what they're releasing right now. Yeah, because what we were led to believe happened, I mean, may kind of sort of still have happened, but it is certainly not the whole context of what occurred. So we have uh, a guy by the name of Keith Moser, He's the bad guy in this. He's the bad guy. Keith Moser, bad guy, uh, fatally shot while trying to steal what we now know are multiple cars Mm -hmm. in Morrow County on Sunday. And this is the culmination of a crime spree that began in Columbus. He stole a car on Henderson Road and shot his gun. Thankfully, didn't hit anybody. Uh, He attempted to rob a food delivery driver. Uh, in Columbus, fired his gun there too, uh, then made his way up I-71 where he went to a gas station, the Shell station, to try to steal a van. Well, he stole two cars in Columbus. He went from a Toyota to a Chevy to a BMW. So as far as I could tell, the BMW is what he drove up to Morrow County. Then he tried to steal somebody's car at the exit ramp, Uh and they weren't having it. No. And he then he ran up, into the gas station, yeah. and they weren't having it either. No, he but... went outside, and he shot at a U-Haul van, but, oops, the driver fired back. Mm-hmm. There's a case to be made for uh, yes. carrying legally in the state of Ohio. And multiple people, it says, fought him. Right. So what we thought, which we can't say, happened, might have happened, but we know that he was then shot because he was in an altercation with people at the station. But we we had... Assume that this was an incident that began and ended at the Shell Station in Morrow County. Right. That is not at all what happened. This guy was possessed by yes. something in Columbus to steal multiple cars, make his way north, continue to steal cars, right. and continue to shoot at people. 
He shot a woman yeah. in a minivan at the gas station. Very and unfortunately, she was from she South died. Carolina. Yeah, and I believe she died. this isn't in the story, but uh, as far as I've been able to piece together, I believe the U-Haul was with her, so that may have been the father slash husband in the U-Haul that ended up returning fire, and other people got involved with basically knowing that okay, something's wrong here, and this guy has no business. You know, trying to steal. He tried to steal one car, then he tried to steal the minivan, shot the lady in the minivan, and oh my goodness, it's just terrible. It is a mess, and the crime all over Columbus is a mess, as we have stated many, many times, and it manifested itself in three incidents in the last 24 hours. We have a double murder overnight at a bar. Uh, 6,000 block of Cleveland Avenue. It's like a strip right mall with a bunch of bars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got a 37-year-old man who shot a 41-year-old woman and a 41-year-old man, killed them both. And that's the second shooting in mm-hmm. a month at that bar. Yeah, they had another one in late January. Uh, and they have the suspect in that one in custody. They have this guy in custody. He was hiding behind cars with a weapon last night. He was taken into custody without incident, but he's charged with killing two people. And that bar has been there many, many years. Yeah, I've seen that. I've not been in it, but I don't frequent bars. I'm familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, We had three teenagers shot in Linden last night around 8.30, 16, 18, and 19 years old. I assume Joyce Beatty's on the case here. She represents Linden. She cares so much about kids. No, she really doesn't. But at any rate, we had three teenagers shot in Linden last night. We had a Columbus police officer yesterday pinned in his cruiser when he got hit by guess what a stolen, a stolen kia car. a stolen kia you just know i saw the news footage last night both cars are heavily damaged they're up on top of the wrecker and sure enough it one's a kia so they had the requisite charging cable that you can get at any store to start that bad boy as if I'm telling you something you don't already know, this is widely known that Kia and Hyundai have a design flaw that make them super easy to steal. That's why we have the Kia boys who steal thousands and thousands of cars and then post it on social media and brag about it, further demonstrating the uh, lack of respect for law and order in our community. So uh, there you go. Thankfully, our police officer is going to be okay, but they had to cut him out of his cruiser. Mm. So, yeah, we had a robbery. You say, well, why do they chase these guys? And they wreck. Well, they don't chase you if the, if the chase becomes unsafe unless you are engaged, have been, excuse me, engaged in another crime. And these people were two suspects. They had staged an armed robbery, fled, they got a description on the vehicle, called it into the police. Police are looking for the vehicle. They see it about an hour later. They chase because the guys are armed. They've mm-hmm. already proven they're violent. They've already robbed somebody. So they chase them, and these guys ram into a police cruiser, which was called to this area. They were trying to hem in the stolen car. And then they, of course, get out of the car and flee, but the cops got them. So good. Good job, Columbus police. Uh, nobody hurt. Uh, we hope the officer is okay. We are. We have a Columbus police officer in jail in uh, in uh, the hospital right now because he got hit on the interstate. We have a state highway patrol trooper uh, in the hospital right now because he got hit on the interstate. So it's dangerous out there, and be very very careful. My daughter last night attended the uh, Jesus Revolution, and at the AMC theaters in Dublin, 
She comes out of the theater, police cars everywhere. Oh, goodness. And they're taking pictures of an empty parking space. So I dare say somebody's car got stolen last night at, at the Dublin the theaters, theaters up by 270 and Sawmill. Thankfully, not her car. Wow. So more and more and more crime in Columbus continues to proliferate. Now, we know about the crimes like these, of course, because we see a police cruiser heavily damaged. We see armed robbery suspects taken into custody, a murder victim cowering behind a car. The question the Ohio Supreme Court will way today is did another crime occur during COVID when you could not go to work and were forced to work from home remotely, hopefully with a mask on at that time, of course, while you were continued to be taxed as if you were driving into the office in Columbus. There's a lawsuit brought by the Buckeye Institute which says, hey, This is not legal. Mm. If you're going to tax me, and I know this is not legal because years ago when I was working at a different radio station, uh, we periodically would broadcast not at that radio station. We would go to spring training. We would go to various uh, locales where Ohio State basketball or football might be playing, and we would broadcast there. And my wife, being the sharp CPA that she is, would say, hey, you didn't work in Columbus those days. We're going to file for a tax refund on those days. And we got the, it was anything, you know, too amazing. But like during the summertime, we'd go to Phoenix on vacation, see her parents. I'd work out there for two weeks. Why should the city of Columbus get a piece of that money for those two weeks? Awesome. And we'd file the refund and we would get the refund all over the state of Ohio. We may be headed for a day where you will have to file. They will not pay you voluntarily. Shocker, the government will not give you a check uh, voluntarily here now that COVID is over. But they might have to give you one because they kept taxing you while you were working from home during COVID. Now, this seems like a no-brainer to me, except it is different from the Biden student loan bailout in one very significant way. Still might not be legal. The Biden student loan bailout is definitely not legal. You can't, as a president of the United States, usurp the Congress, which controls the purse strings. They have to determine Yes, you can spend this much money. They have to appropriate the money in Congress. That is what their job is. A president can't just, with a stroke of a pen, say, eh, let's just forgive $10,000 of their student debt. And then while I'm at it, if you have a Pell Grant, let's forgive $20,000 of your debt. No, that's a unilateral decision made by a president, not made in Congress. The difference on COVID continuing to allow municipalities to tax you while you were not going into the office but working from home, is that that decision was made by the Ohio General Assembly. That was made in the right way, but it still has to be constitutional. It still has to fold within the parameters of Ohio law. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this particular case, what the plaintiffs say, what the state and the municipalities say, because this could wreak real havoc with the budgets of cities, towns, and villages throughout Ohio. And also, what did the justices have to say yesterday about student loan bailout? Uh, I came to a conclusion last night while watching news coverage of the groundbreaking at the Honda LG auto battery plant down by Jeffersonville, down by the outlet. And that conclusion I came to last night is, if I am ever elected to public office, and asked to attend a groundbreaking. 
I will politely decline wearing a hard hat. Because if you saw <laughs> you saw the video of this, uh, the governor and, I'm sorry to say, his lovely wife, Fran, looked ridiculous in their hard hats. As did everyone who had a shovel in their hand at the groundbreaking. Because the hard hats had, they had like not just one strap, but they had like two straps on them. Like, is this arduous labor digging ground at a groundbreaking? It's been my experience that these groundbreakings, the ground is actually, dirty little secret, already broken, okay? So it's not like they have to dig in like the hard summer ground back in my youth when we were digging potatoes and the garden would be crusted over by 90-degree days. No, they've already broken the ground. That's why they do it behind a little bit of a mound of dirt so you can't see that the ground back there is already broken. The governor and Fran and everyone else down there, I don't know why they had to wear hard hats. They didn't wear hard hats at the Intel groundbreaking because they showed video of that too and nobody had a hard hat on. Maybe it's a Honda thing. I don't know. But uh, I vote no on the hard hats. Now, I also vote no on the cities and towns in Ohio being able to take tax revenue from you and me during the pandemic when we were unable to go to our offices. And I know it's going to wreak havoc with municipal budgets. For instance, you want to know why the cities in Ohio are fighting this. Municipal income taxes, when you pay like to RITA, right, the Regional Income Tax Authority, those are the people who collect the taxes on over and above your state taxes, which are already exorbitant, and by the way, which they're trying to wipe out, which we'll get into a little bit later on in the show. But municipal income taxes basically fund a big share of the budget in most of your cities around Ohio, not just Columbus, but like take a city like, I don't know, Coshocton or Delaware or Lima, or cities like that, Springfield, cities like that. Municipal taxes in Lima, for instance, general revenue from municipal income taxes in 2020 in Lima, $28 million. $28 million. They got a fair amount of manufacturing plants in Lima. At least they used to. My father used to work at one up there. Um, 20 of the $28 million in municipal taxes came from, 60% of that came from people who live outside Lima. So do the math. If you live outside Lima and they continued to tax you while you were sitting at home, you'd be like, hey, wait a minute, I want that money. Well, I know you want that money, but it's a bigger deal for Lima to have that money because this is how they fund police, fire, emergency medical. And we're all for that, right? We're all for that. So here's the question. Do you want the state of Ohio, the legislators, and they did it the right way. They passed it in the General Assembly. Do you want to give them a pass because the pandemic, this will be the argument today before the Ohio Supreme Court, the pandemic's a -a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. We can't afford to have all our cities go bankrupt because we're going to parcel out $100 to John Q. Public, $120 to Jane Q. Public. It's to the collective good to have people not get their individual tax refunds that they probably do, according to the letter of the law, have coming. Because of the toll it would take on cities. When you take $20 million away from Lima, if Lima's got to refund $20 million, that's not going to be good for the city of Lima or for the citizens of Lima. I can 
get on board with this, given the fact that it was at least enacted in the right way by a vote of the legislature through House Bill 197. I can get on board with it, even though I don't love it, because I think it's never a good idea to treat the Constitution like an optional document. It needs to be a document followed to the letter. Now, there has been a resident of Pennsylvania who won a refund from the city of Cleveland. And the reasoning there of the court was that, well, he lives outside the state of Ohio, so you shouldn't be able to tax him. I'm not sure that makes much of a difference. But the Joe Biden student loan bailout, totally different. Joe Biden enacted that. Even though he, remember one time when Biden in a moment of, well, not really a moment because he has these every day, in his daily dalliance into make-believe Joe Biden world, he once said to people, I got that passed by one vote. No, you didn't get that passed by one vote. I mean, kind of, sort of you did. Your vote. You said, yeah, I'll do it. And that was the only vote. Yours, because you're the president, which it makes me ill every time I have to say that. He just wrote a executive order. Boom! $400 billion. Maybe now the estimates are $430 billion. What are the odds that's accurate, by the way? Do you think the estimates coming out of Washington on the collective toll of the student loan bailout would be estimated on the low end or on the high end? I'm guessing on the high, on the low end. So this is what the Supreme Court is hearing yesterday. And here's one of the justices who's expected to go along with the Biden student loan bailout, of course, is uh, Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Now, uh, Listen to Judge Sotomayor's argument for why this should be upheld. She makes an interesting argument. Well, interesting anyway. So 50 million students who are, uh, will benefit from this, who today will struggle. Many of them don't have assets sufficient to bail them out after the pandemic. They don't have friends or families or others who can help them make these payments. So her argument is that it uh, affects a lot of people, 50 million, and they don't have rich friends. Is that a legal argument? Is there any constitutionality in there, any laws cited, any reason why that's legal? Oh, that'd be a no. That'd be a no. Chief Justice John Roberts does not sound too high on the idea. We know statistically that the... A person with the college degree is going to do significantly financially better over the course of uh, life than the person without. Um, And then along comes the government and tells that person, uh, you don't have to pay your loan. Uh, Nobody's telling the uh, person who is trying to set up the lawn service business that he doesn't have to pay his loan. Uh, That is true. I know guys who have lawn services. Uh, They did not get the free government loan bailout, nor... Uh, Did people starting a plumbing business, a contracting business, or anything like that? In fact, there are people who are not getting a student loan bailout if they took their loan from a bank and not from the government. So we'll have more from the justices and the arguments against this. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.